At this time, I would like to invite our special readers to come forward. People make fun of me. Stop them and make them ashamed. But let all the people who worship you rejoice and be glad. Let the people who love your salvation always say, Praise the greatness of God. I am poor and helpless. God, hurry to me. You help me and save me. Lord, do not wait. Brothers, we want you to know about those who have died. We do not want you to be sad as others who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and that he rose again. So because of Jesus, God will bring together with Jesus those who have died the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you to stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten girls who went to wait for the bridegroom. They took their lamps with them. Five of the girls were foolish and five were wise. The five foolish girls took their lamps, but they did not take more oil for their lamps to burn. The wise girls took their lamps and more oils in jars. The bridegroom was very late. All the girls became sleepy. At midnight, someone cried out, The bridegroom is coming. Come, come and meet him. Then all the girls woke up and got their lamps ready. But the foolish girl said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. The wise girls answered, No. The oil we have might not be enough for all of us. Go to the people who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. So the five foolish girls went to buy oil. While they were gone, the, bride, the bridegroom came. The girls who were ready went in with the bridegroom to the wedding feast. Then the door was closed and locked. Later, the others came back and called, Sir, sir, open the door, let us in. But the bridegroom answered, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. So always be ready. You don't know the day or the time the Son of Man will come. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. And now I invite all of our children, those who are young and young at heart, to come forward for our children's message. Lots of, lots of kiddos here today. That's exciting. Okay. So, uh, Riley and Brady just read us a story about some bridesmaids. And can somebody tell me what happened in that story or part of what happened? <laughs> the foolish bridesmaids hadn't um, uh, brought any oil for themselves. And they asked the good bridesmaids for some oil, and it, and they said it might not be enough for all of us. So they 
picture. Okay, so what do you think about that? Right, or some The foolish ones went to a shop where they could get some oil. When they got back, the the wise ones went into the cemetery, the the ceremony, ceremony for um, the man was married, and um, when the um, foolish ones got back, um, they said. Please open the door for us. And the man said, Truly, I don't know you. That's right. So, so what do you think about those, the, the foolish bridesmaids and then also the ones that had the oil? What do you think about the two different rooms? One group was bad and one group was good. The good group um, was kind of being a little weird. Okay, so Emily thinks that the, the good group was kind of mean. Anybody think that? Yeah. Okay, why do you think they were, what makes you think they were mean? Riley, what you said you thought? Because um, they, they said, truly I don't know you, so I can't let you in. Okay, okay. So that... No, that was the bridegroom. What ads? Okay, so so Riley, that that was the bridegroom. So why were the other ones mad? Why were they mean? Do you think? Because you said it. You said it yesterday when we talked about it. You guys were saying they were. You thought they were kind of mean. So why do you why do you think they were? What made you think they were mean? The ones that didn't have oil. They um. I, I, were meaner, but why? Why do you think they were mean? What did they did they do something that made you think they were mean? They didn't bring any oil for themselves, and um, the um group that was kind of bad, the good group, they didn't share, so that makes them kind of bad. Okay, and we talked about that, didn't we? That yeah. Yeah, now you remember what, yeah, because you had said that. So if, if we think about, um, we talked also yesterday about Jesus and how Jesus comes to us in our neighbor. What does that mean? Jesus comes to us in our neighbor. It means that we're doing Jesus a favor when we're helping our neighbor. Oh, so... How are some ways that you guys, think about how old you are, how are some ways that you can help your neighbor? What, what is something that you could do? My neighbor Kathy, um, she does a lot of gardening, and last year I helped her um, harvest some seeds from her plants. Okay, so that was something that you did for her. So Jesus came through you to your neighbor. What about at school? Is there something that that maybe you could do at school for somebody that, so that Jesus could come through you? Um, Angelina, um, one of my classmates, um, I helped her with a math problem, and she was like, "Oh, now I get it." Ah, so that was again that was Jesus going through you, Riley, to help somebody. What if you see somebody at lunch?
lunch and they don't have anybody to nobody's sitting around with them. What could you do? You could sit by them. And that that would be something that would make them feel nice. Or if somebody's out on the playground and they're kind of just standing there all alone, is there something you could do for them?
But I was not in charge of the curriculum, and so as a leader, I went along encouraging our kids to create a skit, and our parable was the ten bridesmaids. And what shouldn't have surprised me but did was that in our conversation around being ready and getting prepared, we talked about how we might relate this text to our everyday lives. And so I asked this group of 7th and 8th graders with my one high school helper, when do you feel unprepared? When can it be stressful and maybe even dangerous to not think ahead and be ready? And, of course, the one thing that all of them agreed upon was that the biggest fear about unpreparedness was that terrible feeling when you realize that you're at a lock-in or a sleepover and you've forgotten your cell phone charger. <laughs> What's worse, when you've forgotten your cell phone charger and you're the only one of your friends with an iPhone and so no one has a charger to spare. It was not the analogy I expected, but I couldn't help but enjoy the skit just a little bit as I got to watch my confirmation kids act out as half of the group just were miserable without their cell phones, as the other group sat on their cell phones and ignored them. <laughs> they took a difficult and often confusing text and related it to something that they could understand. Always be ready, Jesus says. And the truth is, is that our parable isn't about being awake or alert. The bridesmaids all fell asleep, whether they were wise or foolish. And I, and I hope that you all know that just because you're wise or foolish does not make you good or bad. But sometimes being foolish can be problematic. What did it for the bridesmaids was that they prepared. They were ready for the long evening. They were ready for the groom to be late. And so, how can we be ready? How can we make sure we have enough oil in our lamps? How can we remember to pack our phone chargers? And I think that there are three ways that the Son of Man can come to us, and that there are many ways that we can prepare for that. The first and most complicated way that we understand the Son of Man coming is when we meet God outside of our everyday life. And this might be in the promise we have in our passing, that we know we will be gathered together with Jesus and our lives here on this earth end. Or it might be when we say the Apostles' Creed that Jesus will come again to judge the living and the dead. We don't often talk about Jesus coming again. It was funny, in one of the commentaries in my research for this Sunday, it starts off with, Jesus' second coming is integral to the Christian life. And I thought, I don't know a single person who regularly talks about or thinks about Jesus coming again as part of their faith life. And for many of us, that is not part of it. But our reading from Paul from 1 Thessalonians had a very different picture. These members of this church were beginning to see their loved ones pass away. They were expecting and ready and waiting for Jesus to come again, but he wasn't there. And so Paul reminds them that they are a people who have immense hope in the promise given to them by Jesus. And our faith is the oil that fills our lamps, that lights our way. Our faith and trust in the hope and the promise that Jesus will come again, that God's kingdom will be holy on earth, 
and that peace, justice, eternal love, and eternal life are just on the horizon. That is the hope that Paul wants the church in Thessalonica to know. And the truth is, we don't know how to totally prepare for that. It's our faith, our trust, and our hope that we can share our faith, that we can share the good news of Jesus with our words and our actions. And even though it is difficult to watch and hear those bridesmaids tell the others, no, we can't share, we don't know if you'll have enough, we know that even though we can share our faith, we cannot give it. We cannot force our faith upon someone else. We cannot force that hope and that trust on someone else. All we can do is share God's love and hope that the Holy Spirit opens the door. My email signature is from Revelation 3. It says from Jesus, Listen, I am standing at the door knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come into you and eat with you and you with me. And it's my signature because I was totally unprepared for Jesus coming to me in my life. When I accidentally prayed for the first time as a young adult, I wanted nothing more than to keep that door closed. And what Revelation doesn't mention is that Jesus is knocking and the Holy Spirit is opening the door for him to come into our lives and into our hearts. And for me, it was a wholly new faith that I was completely unprepared for. And that is the way that the Son of Man came to me. And the Son of Man comes to us in our lives in ways that we can be ready for as people of faith. And sometimes Jesus is knocking and we just are surprised to see him there. How many of you have ever had the experience of feeling that Jesus or our Creator or the Spirit was nudging you? was knocking, was trying to guide you somewhere, maybe a little bit. I'm a pastor, so it's kind of a given that I had at least one moment in my life. <laughs> and we can be prepared for that by finding spaces of prayer, maybe a space of quiet, some time to listen, some space to say maybe I'm being called in a direction that I wasn't expecting. We can ask our triune God to be there with us and to guide us in our choices and our actions. We can prepare ourselves with study and dwelling in God's word. And even with all of that preparation, we can still be totally unprepared. Like I was and I know I have been and I will probably be again. The unpreparedness of the bridesmaids doesn't stop the bridegroom from arriving. And our own unpreparedness or foolishness doesn't stop Jesus from acting in our lives. And the one way in which Jesus, the Son of Man, comes to us that is often the most difficult to prepare for isn't any of these. Sometimes we struggle the most to prepare for the way of Jesus when it's Jesus coming to us in our neighbor. In a few weeks, we'll be reading the last third of this chapter from Matthew, where Jesus lists the way his disciples have fed, clothed, and visited, and cared for him. And when they are surprised, when they ask Jesus when they did these things, he tells them that when you serve the least of these, you're serving me. We believe, as Lutherans, that our good works are not for God. God doesn't need them. Our neighbor does. Our good works are for our neighbor, for anybody in need. We don't know Jesus when Jesus comes to us in a person in need. We forget. We find these awkward moments with those who are around us, and we say, well, 
there's a resource for them. I don't know what it is, but it's okay. How can we be ready? We can be ready to serve Jesus and our neighbor through allowing ourselves to be open to the needs around us. Sometimes this might be being prepared to sit and listen to a friend, a classmate, maybe even a sibling, and they are having a really bad day. Maybe this is serving on a board that helps those who are in need, and your gifts are sitting and doing notes and minutes and planning for others to participate. Maybe this is volunteering and giving your time and service, either in the many ways in which our community gives space to serve, or maybe you served in our military fighting for justice and peace. It might be keeping a care package for those experiencing homelessness in your car so you can be ready when someone is on the street corner and in need. And honestly, I think many of us feel totally unprepared when Jesus comes to us this way because it can be awkward and difficult to serve those in need, especially when that person appears to us without notice. They didn't RSVP. They didn't sign up. What are we going to do? But we can't know when Jesus is going to show up in our neighbor, and so sometimes we aren't ready. Just like sometimes we aren't ready to listen to what God might be saying in our lives. Just like sometimes the idea of Jesus coming again to judge the living and the dead doesn't actually sound like good news until we start to think about the hope and the peace and the eternal love that we are given in that saying. We wonder if our faith is really enough, if it's really enough oil to light our lamps, to show us the way to go. We might wonder if there's a kink in our charging table, cable. What if our phones die and we can't turn them back on? Jesus becomes the oil to light our lamps, the cable to charge our batteries, the love and mercy and forgiveness and hope that we need to make us ready. Jesus goes to the cross to prepare us to be prepared, to help us, to save us, so that we can rejoice and be glad in the love and mercy and hope we are given when Jesus rises from the dead, when Jesus finds victory over sin and death, when Jesus overcomes our unpreparedness, Jesus makes us ready for him, for God's kingdom, for the Holy Spirit in our lives, and for Jesus in our neighbor. Jesus frees us, the Holy Spirit opens the door for us, and God loves, God's love for us and for the entire world makes us ready ready for hope, ready for life, and ready to serve. Thanks be to God. <laughs>